Let me turn this up. Love Talk Radio. Hi, Jean. 
I'm sorry, hi, John. I didn't see John's comment either. I'm not being rude. Um, no, John Stevens just said hello. He does our um, Virginia Paranormal event every third Tuesday of every month. He's on the show to go over different events and things that are going on. So if you have anything, ever just shoot it over to him and he'll put it out there. Because he has, yeah, he has VirginiaParanormalEvents.com, and then he has the Virginia Paranormal Events page. But on the shows and stuff, we try to talk about not just events in Virginia, but everywhere, you right. know, um, mostly focusing in Virginia because, you know, that's where we're at. But, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was just in Virginia. I get the two mixed up. I don't know if it's West Virginia or Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But I was inside the Octagon Mansion, and Hey, but, Steve White. That's, um, hello. Yes, yeah, Steve White is tuning in from Oklahoma. He wished he was in Egypt, though. <laughs> oh, listen. King Costume, I would be so afraid to go into it. Because of all of the uh, talk, you know? I, I, don't, I don't necessarily... I'm very superstitious, so I believe, like, okay, don't touch it. I don't believe, and this is going to be the unpopular decision or uh, opinion, I think. I don't believe um, items can be possessed, if you will. I think that they can hold energies, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I don't think it's an actual possession of, a, of an item. Um, with that being said, if I ever went and saw Buddy the Doll, is that his name, Buddy, where there's like 10 things you have to abide by, um, I would abide by them because I'm superstitious. Right. I'm like, oh, See, I'm not the it. only one. I'm not the only what? one that's superstitious. <laughs> I am too. David. Oh, no, 
somewhere. Yeah, I've got it somewhere and the little recorder things too because when I um, have to go to court, I had to put things on dictation sometimes and so I, that's why it was there and I still got it. It's downstairs sitting in a drawer doing nothing. Right. You never know. 
Yeah, you really don't, you know, because they get to know you anyway, depending on where you go. And sometimes they know you before you even get there or even if you haven't been there. Right. That happens with Dennis Eslock all the time because we're constantly testing different areas and putting his name out there. And, of course, Spirit always comes across the box and says, yeah, we know asshole, you know, never fails. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, and he would not, if he was on the feed, he would not disagree with that because it happens all the time. I do want to go to the cabin Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a public investigation coming up in July, I believe. Ryan knows if he's still on there, he'll put the details in there. No, I want to come. I don't want to do a public. Want to do private? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah you should. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do a private. Um, I I've been and here's the thing, my brain. I have ADHD, which I'm gonna be doing a show about. Because it really does make it a difficult thing to do because mm-hmm. you have to put so much into it. Yeah. You know, you have to use your brain, you have to focus, you have to be aware. Um, and having ADHD is like, and I am like the poster child for it, you know, yeah. and, um, and it's frustrating to me, but I, I imagine it's frustrating with people I investigate with as well, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I do the same thing. Oh, or, I, or I start one task and don't finish it and start on another one, and then I'm like, oh, I forgot about that one over there. I'll go back and look. Or, like, if I'm trying to talk and really – because I have to really, really focus on talking, and then when people interrupt me, I lose my whole train of thought and forgot everything that I'm trying to say. I've had that happen. And I'm like, you know, my 80 triple HD kicks in, you, you got to let me focus because – and it takes yeah, – and it does. It's, it's very – so, you know, it's you know, putting the work into it, you know, it, it, it's tough. And yeah. the people that really, really, really do, you know, are trying to do the right thing, the best, put the best knowledge they have and the skills and the, um, you know, the means to get, you know, proper equipment or however it is mm-hmm. that it works out. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the dedicated people that put a lot of work in don't get noticed that much, you know right. what I mean? And, um, you know, although I, I'm, friends with ghost, I'm friends with ghost hunters, you know what I mean? And I love them. So I, I take them out of it because, you know, before I knew them and became friends with them, I looked up to them. I mean, right. they, were, they were the people I watched from the beginning who got me into it. And Jane's kind of like, I don't want to say, not mentor because we never talked, you know, until we became friends, we didn't talk. You know, I just kind of, but, um, kind of like, you know, I hooked up to, you know, so still entertainment, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I love all, I love them, um, but a lot of the shows, they don't really investigate. They're separate. I think they go to places for like a week, you know what I mean? Or they're there for like a while, you know what right. I mean? So they, they, they do things the best they can in a, um, in a situation, because it's got to be entertaining. Which I don't think they they get anything, right? Um, because if they don't get shit, they don't get shit. If they find fake shit, they still show you that they found fake shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, and I honestly, yeah. I don't and, and the thing I like about ghost hunters in the very beginning, where they did some at 
Okay, the story in behind that was we were at the cabin on 360 Woods, and Michael White was supposed to come out there and shoot off his little musket. Well, he didn't do it. And I was like, he didn't do it because it's awfully moist out, and I have never been able to live that down. Of course, what else? You know how you got the necrophonic app? What did I call it, Gene Wells? Necrophiliac? One night, and it was an accident. <laughs> so that's why I'm looking at Gene going, ooh, moist. <laughs> so if you ever hear that, that is my that is my branded trademark, the word moist. We have, awesome. you know, necrophiliac, yeah. I was like, and we're going to use the necrophiliac app now, and everybody just busted out laughing because it was just, it was a hot mess. Now when I hear that word, I'm going to think of that. Yes, just think of that. Think of me and the fact that I was with some people that had never done that before, you know, at the cabin. They were new, and it was like, how embarrassing. <laughs> so. Yeah. I have to get out to that cabin. I do. I do want to get out there. Yeah. Okay. One more question. Let's see what. Where did she have? Where did you have your first paranormal experience at? Steve White wants to know. My first paranormal experience that I can remember, um, it was um, so I lived near Pine Barrens and Bastow, um, where the Jersey Devil supposedly has come from, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Jersey Devil. Explain it, because I have people on here that's new that may not know what that is. They're very uh, new. The Jersey Devil is supposed to be a cricket, okay. um, a winged bat, huge creature um, that resides in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. Um, it's it, it believed that a woman birthed a child that was had these features, had wings, I mean, she, or Something, either she, it was deformed and she cursed it, there was a curse put out, and all of a sudden this thing grew wings, had hooves, and it's like a mixture of like 30 different things. Um, and supposedly it, it flies around and taunts people. Um, oh. I myself don't believe in it. I, I believe that a woman did bear a child that might have been deformed. And back then, um, you know, they hit their children, you know, like, like that, or yeah. sent them away. You know, they, they, didn't um, allow them to be out public. And I think just a myth grew from that and a legend grew from that. And probably uh, the people that reside in this woods than a huge winged creature that might kill me. So, but, uh, so there's, a, uh, there, there's also a place called, that's right near called Asion and, um, my mom used to take us to this lake, it was called Asian Lake, and it was Cedar Water Lake. So we would go there almost every weekend. And uh, I remember being in this water waist high, uh, and somehow, and I, I didn't think about it then, I was young, you know, I think it was about seven down, and I saw a dollar bill on the ground. Trying to my hindsight, looking down in Cedar Water, I couldn't see my feet. Well, how would I see this dollar bill? Hmm. But I didn't think about that at the time, you know, I just thought I was like, oh, money. Right. down there, you know, eyes open, gross cedar water, you know, and I go to put my hand out to grab this money, and all of a sudden, this at warp speed, I see this, what to me looked like a boy, swimming at me at a high rate of speed, as if it was like, you know, um, 
terrifying in a way for you being so young and, and seeing that.
so as she's looking at me on her her window, there's this boom, 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 like the window shook. And there was like these three knocks. I said, did you fart? She said, no, I said, you fart. You know, and then we heard the three knocks, right? Uh, the three, those, those bangs. And I put my foot on the gas pedal. And I took off. And there's nobody there. Oh, wow. I took off. He was like, stop, I want to talk to you. I was like, drop and roll. I will be out of this park waiting for you. I was like, there's no way I'm going back there. I was scared. Yeah. So is that 
not to interrupt you, is that like your team then, or is that a show? That's my show. Okay. That's my podcast. Gotcha. Um, my team is Paranormal Peaches. I, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, and we and we just started calling each other a team or or a group, you know, because for the longest time it was just me. We're just best friends. We love to hang out. We love paranormal. We investigate with each other. And you know, one day we started a chat, and it was just like we originally had guys in the chat. And it was just like kind of like a fun paranormal chat, and it was called Peaches and Bananas. Just guys and girls, right? So the guys left. So we stopped it, and she and she changed it to Peaches because there was just women in it. And then that's just kind of how that evolved. And then it wound up just being a core eight women, you know, and we had so much fun together. So we're like, parallel peaches, you know, and, and, it, and it wasn't even to like be a, a group or thing, right. like, you know, and then all of a sudden it just started to go in that way. So now, you know, we have a logo, we have shirts, you know, oh, we, we, don't, we don't sell them. It's yeah. Like, you know, we, you know, we have a team shirts and everything. So it's, we love it. But we're best friends. So even yeah. if parallel peaches wasn't like a, a parallel group or like a, you know, still investigating, we'd still all remain friends. All right. Right. Still be best friends, you know. Right. Now that's really cool. Quite ask. Are you are you familiar with Clint Road? Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. Has a reputation for being pretty active. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't. I think I'm I'm the wrong person to ask about that kind of because I don't believe in that stuff either. Um. There's a lot of them. Clinton Road, and um, there's also um. Echo Road is another one where, you know, you drive down, you go to, like, you know, turn your lights off and on and honk the horn three times and shut your car off. Put the keys on the, on the, on the, you know, on the, and I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like, don't you know that your lights going off and on and honk it three times and probably trying to get somebody's attention during you put your car keys on top, on top of your roof? Stay awesome. No. So much yeah. like Haunted Crawford Road. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I think, again, just like the Jersey Devil, I think it's legend. You know, I think yeah. it's just legend. You know, I think it's something spooked somebody one night, you know, and it grew. You know, and, you know, I don't know. It's just, I I take people down there, I'm like, la- I laugh. I mean, my sister-in-law, she was like, when we do it with me, I'm like, fine. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not scared at all. Like, I'm like, listen, if we if we signal like some cult to come out of the woods, I'm gonna fuck you guys up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, but if we get out of there and we're fine, I'm like, so I was like, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something's gonna happen. My sister-in-law, we were in the same car, we were experiencing the same thing she swore she saw, whatever it was we were supposed to see. And I'll turn around and I'll look at them. I'm like, there's not a damn thing there. What are you talking about? You know? And she's like, it's that. I said, that's the that's the what the street light. That's not a ball of light chasing us. I was like, it's getting further away. <laughs> Which is so convinced that something was, and I was like, oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, hey Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I've heard all that, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I like going to places like that though, and seeing the Lee's house, because that's where, that's the last name of, supposedly where. <laughs> child was born, Lee's house, and, um, you know, stuff like that, but um, the whole, 
All right, he wants to know, have you ever experienced hearing your voice coming through a shadow figure? Yes. Not, I haven't seen the shadow figure, but I have heard my voice coming from something, but I don't know what. Like I, I, uh, yeah, well, I do keep a recorder with me all the time. Yeah, I do. I keep it. Well, I have my body bed right now, but I do have it. I record. I know people are in the EVP birth now, which are cool. I love doing them. But I leave my recorders on the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to, I mean, I capture some awesome stuff. Well, I'm afraid if I don't have it on, and I tell tell him that all the time, I'm afraid if I don't have it on, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. Yep. But one one of the things that are my favorite is my recorder watch. That's my favorite because you can just put it on, click the button, and it records so clear. And like a recorder watch. Yeah, it's a recorder watch. And now, when you're moving around, though, does it, does it pick up the air or anything? It picks up some stuff, but not not to where when you're doing when you're doing like the tours, it's you yeah. know what it is if that makes sense, you know, because I I wear that quite frequently. Yeah, and I got it on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, my favorite piece is a body camera. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine too, it's, but it's got the the well the audio probably on it is second to none. Yeah. So they're there, they're good to have mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I have a I have a GoPro with like a you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know how to Oh, girl, get a body camera and just clip it on there. That's all you do. Yeah. Clip it got on. The, the Bob Love body camera. It's yeah. just like what the police use. It's, it's, they're great. Mm-hmm. The video quality, yeah, video yeah. quality and audio quality, they're, they're great. Yeah. It's only $159. Yeah. That's awesome. And how long does it record for? Quite a few hours. Yeah. Yeah, several hours. Yeah. Our night vision is several hours. Yeah. Really? Now, is it yeah. an SD card? Uh, no. It's, it's, got a, it's, it's, it's got a, it's an internal drive. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. We love our body cameras. And you can get them cheaper than that because this one, I thought that my one body camera gave out because it was making weird noises when I would listen to it. So I sent it for him to look at. So I was like, you know, forget it. I'm buying a second one. Because this one was like, what was it, 99 on Amazon, I think. And it's. Yeah, 89 or 99. Yeah, it's really good. I can send you links to stuff if you want. Yeah. Because, um, like, the watch, for instance, it I got that off of there, whereas on Ghost Stop, it's it's expensive, and I got it cheaper on Amazon. And I, and I like it because I can take it anywhere I need to go record, period. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you just click that button. And it records for hours and takes 10,000 years to die <laughs> for the battery, I mean, you know. What about, the rec- what about the watch? The watch the watch records for a long time. The battery on that one don't die. Let me get it for you. Um, doesn't die for a long time. And it's very, yeah, it's very sleek. Um, but, uh-oh, yeah, I love this thing. That's all it is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this thing. Um, all the notes I take from like all the shows I do yeah. or I people on, I write down stuff so much. Like when I learn something, I'm like, hmm. yeah, I, I like it. like to watch because it, it, I mean it comes in handy. I do a lot of um, energy work. I do Reiki, so I have a lot of clients distant. And I'll use that. I used to, you know, write stuff down on a notepad. Well, if when I'm in a deep thought somewhere else, I, it's interruptive. So I put that on. Oh, my gosh, I bet that helps so much. And yeah. it has just, it's a game changer. Or my Olympus, Olympus recorders are my ultimate favorite. Like, okay, I'm an Olympus recorder hooker. I'll tell you that right now. They're my, they're my favorite, you know. And, um Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they're, it's just my favorite ones. And so I use that a lot when I'm doing distant Reiki, you know, because I'm, I'm in a different mindset when I'm doing stuff like that. And so when you try to come back and ask me questions, I'm not going to remember because I'm somewhere else. <clears throat> so that comes in handy when my client comes back and says, do you remember when we blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, no, I don't because I'm not mentally there. I'm right up there in the astral realm doing my thing. <laughs> so it comes in handy. Of course, I make my clients record all their sessions anyway. Oh, so, Yeah, I make them record everything because I, I, don't, I don't want them to miss out on anything when I'm working on them because so much stuff comes up. I don't, I'm not going to remember. So I'll be like, I need you to hit the recorder button on your phone. I don't have nothing to hide. So I have no problem with somebody recording anything I do. I care less because right. it's not about me. It's about them. Right. So, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that thing up because yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Steve, I got another question. He says, obviously spirits have a way of attaching themselves to certain things. But with that being said, what's up with all the haunted dolls out there? You better leave my haunted I dolls agree. alone. So, it, it goes back to what I said in the beginning. You know, I, I don't think obviously possessed. Um, I do think that objects can hold energies. Um, I'm an antiquer, so I have a lot of antiques. I have a crutch that's got blood on it from the Civil War. I have a bayonet. I have all kinds of stuff. And I've never, uh, me personally, I've never had anything weird or anything happen or surrounded by those objects. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm saying, I think, is it possible? Yes. I think that the energy or thing can get can leave an imprint, you know, absolutely. Um, but that's I don't know. And I think there there could be dolls that are that have energies attached to mm-hmm. it. Um, but not as many as they're, I mean, they're, they're, it's just like the pop up psychic mediums and the pop up celebrities that are coming into the paranormal and the pop-up, you know, psychic media. I don't mean that I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just saying it's just everybody's coming out of the woodwork. Like, everything is coming out of the woodwork, you know. Mm-hmm. So the dolls are another thing, you know. So, again, if somebody might have that gem of a doll that literally has something, you know, attached to it. But because there's so much, like, people will know they're thinking or mm-hmm. don't know it's, you know, don't know that it's not, but they, they believe themselves. Of course, yeah. You know, or, you know, just people that want to make money. 
Yeah. And they don't care what they say and do. You know, they're gonna they're gonna see where the attention's at and they're gonna jump on that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's the unfortunate part. You yeah. know, and, and it and it again dims out the legit ones. Right. Yeah, because I bought I bought a doll, an antique doll, and it did have some energy to it. It was very heavy energy, but I think it was just the two sisters that played with it. Once I smudged it and told told them I was going to take care of the doll, everything went away. Yeah, All and I do think that people have abilities as yourself. Like, you know, I do think that people that are um, energy workers and stuff like that. I mean, I think that you you can pick up on that stuff easier yeah. than. Yeah. Somebody as myself, you know what I mean. So, um, you know, especially if you are acquiring an object that you're that you've been told has something attached to it, or you're expecting it to. You know what right. I mean. So I think maybe it's it's easier for you to. But I don't own a doll. I won't own a doll. Well, you know, originally that doll was supposed to go to the cabin on 360 um, uh, wait, to put in with wait, our doll collection. Yeah, it was supposed to be there. Oh, I can't get rid of it now because the guy that the guy that sold it to me um, made me promise that one I wouldn't give it away, <clears throat> and number two I would leave it in its potato sack dress because these sisters didn't have you know they were a poor family so they couldn't afford clothes for the doll so they put it in a little potato sack dress. So I promised him that I would keep all that so the doll actually stays with me. You know, um, so it's, that's why I that's why I got it to begin with, because I was going to take it and drop it off with all the other dolls at the cabin. And then I was like, when the guy was like, "You have to make me a promise," I was like, "Shit!" So it stays and it has its own little bed back there, and it just stays there. Oh no, 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 no! That's good. She's awesome. I, I, I never owned any dolls growing up. Uh, they creeped me out. My grandmother gave me a doll one time that was horrific. She had actually crocheted the outfit on it. It okay. had little booties Aww. and a hat ball on top, you know, and a dress and a little purse. And when you tilted her back, her eyes closed. She had red hair. I was like, this is a walking nightmare, right? <laughs> and I took it home and I put it in my closet and I went and I got bricks from the basement. I put bricks on top of it. I put clothes on top of it. I put all kinds of stuff on top of it. That if that thing moves, um, I would know what was going on. I would put like I put something in front of the door. My, I was so afraid of that thing. Yeah. yeah. But not because I believe, but because I'm superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have I two. Like dolls. I have a fear of dolls. Yeah, I only have two dolls. One was the one that I had growing up because my mom insisted that I keep it. That's actually out in my she shed, sitting on a shelf. Well. That works. This is Jordan. This is Jordan Knight, and this is Danny Wood from New Kids on the Block. And they had Barbie dolls that came out, and I got two of them. Jordan even has his tail. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Those things are from like the eighties. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah. Steve White asked if somebody could create their own um, haunting, but oh, it's I actually called that. telekinesis. Yeah, I think I, I think people can can get stirred up and and do that. I absolutely, I absolutely. The mind is a very powerful thing. Yeah. 
Yes, it is. I say that all the time. If a woman convinces herself she's pregnant and have all the symptoms and go through all this stuff and like literally present as a pregnant woman and or be pregnant and convince herself she's not and not have any of the normal pregnancy stuff then I mean like your mind can do some crazy Manifest, things. yeah. 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 If you're saying, if I, I said this the other night, if I sat in this in my little room right here, and every single night I was in here, and I was trying to talk to something, like however I can, you know, and doing this and that, whatever, and every single night, and then convincing myself, like I'm hearing stuff and seeing things, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. eventually you are going to create it, but is it from your mind, or is it you, you call something in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, I agree. I think people, when they come to the manor house, stir themselves up like that a lot and create their own little hauntings because yeah. they're, you know, yeah, yeah, all the time. So I like to take what I have and match it up with equipment. That way it validates what I'm doing or what I'm hearing. If I hear a name or I'm seeing a man or something, we'll run an EVP and match that up, match the, match the EVP up with what I told them happened before we did the EVP. That's what I like to do. Yeah. We had, um, I'm not a big equipment user, but when I do do investigations, when I'm with people that have it, I'll, I'll use stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Me, I like trigger props. I like simple stuff or yeah. old stuff mm-hmm. or stuff not made for ghost hunting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I'll use it. You know what I mean? I'll use the stuff just to see, to see what happens and everything. And we were just at Richwood Winery in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, the night was quiet off and on, but towards the end, um, we had a bunch of equipment laid out. We had cat balls in, in one room, and we had some music boxes in there. And uh, all of a sudden, so we had, we had three music boxes in one room. One was pointing this way, one was pointing this way, one was pointing this way. I guess you guys can't see. It was like, almost gave it like a triangular effect. Mm-hmm. So anywhere to walk in there, you know. Um, so we, I heard a, I heard a, hey. Well, me and then two other people said they heard it. You know, the rest, nobody else heard it. So I said, did you hear that? And they're like, yeah. Then we're hearing footsteps. We heard footsteps in there. Or heard something. We didn't know what we heard. Like, And then one of my group members was like, there's somebody in there. And the one music box goes off. Even though this is a triangular formation where it would, you know, reach, it was just one music box that went off. And then we heard it like, tink, you know, and I was like, what the heck just happened? And we listened back to the audio. First you hear a, a no in the recorder that was in there. Um, and then you do hear the hey, you hear like the, the shuffling, here's the music box, and here's the pink. So we start looking around, like, what the heck was that? Well, they have big candles, glass jars on all the windows. And the one candle was knocked over onto the glass. And when we went to look at it, it was literally broken. Oh. It was broken at the base. And those things just don't fall over right. and break. Right. There's wiring, there's like, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that keep it. I mean, it, it, but it was like broken. Hmm. So we're like, well, that was interesting, you know. Um, 
Right. It, it was broken. <laughs> That's wild. So that was cool. I never had anything like that happen before. That was just really weird. Unless it was already broken and we weren't told it was already broken. Yeah, that could be too. Thanks, Steve, for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, she didn't. Uh, thank you. But the owner was there, and she never said it was like, oh, no, that's the broken one. But right. I, we didn't see it prior at that moment. Right. Well, you never know. So you would think yeah. if something was broken, somebody would tell you, tell you, though. For sure. You know. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, because um, we've got about six minutes left, about your podcast and how do people tune into that and find you. Um, TikTok, Facebook, Sounds really cool. And so you do. You um, are you able to put your are you able to put your the name of your stuff in the comments your show? Oh yeah. So that people can. Uh, no, I can't. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's no way for me to write it. Okay. It's paranormal brew, right? Little Jacob, how are you? Hi, Jacob. Hey, Jacob. I lost my train of thought earlier. Figures. I was having a blonde moment. That's what I call my moment. Blonde moment. I did too. Yeah, and it was actually Jacob. That's how I found you as a guest. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I was saying I have a blonde moment, so. All right, so I put Facebook, TikTok, Insta, YouTube. So I got, did I cover them all? Yep. And it's on Wednesdays, 8.30. Eastern, Eastern yep. Standard, okay. Huh? On Paranormal Route and Yeah, so I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Friendships and hanging out with my friends. I think I got it. Yeah. 
I know some sometimes you're welcome. I'm, I sit here on my podcast and I'm like, I get so tired sometimes I don't feel like doing anything. And then I'm like, oh, because I think we're booked through August. Yeah. I yeah, think I mean, so. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how hard it is mm-hmm. to uh, have, a, have a show and be dedicated and do it cleaning. Luckily, mm-hmm. I don't get to speak to guests again for about a little bash about it. Yeah, yeah, because it's... Uh, well, be a part of a, be a part of a lecture and uh, we'll talk about podcasts. Um, July. We're booked through July, yeah. So, and it is. It's hard finding um, guests and coming up with different ideas and things like that for the show. But yeah. we've been yeah, on a while. It. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's not just ghosting. You know, I talk about it. I have all kinds of people on. I've had on mm-hmm. psychologists, skeptics, yeah. Most of it, a lot of it is paranormal, but we, like last week, we had our psychic roundtable discussion. They wasn't, we wasn't doing any readings. It was simple, but, you know, some of the do's, the don'ts, some of the, like you said, pop out. There's pop-up psychic mediums. There's pop-up breaky people. It gets on my nerves, you know, because some of them are not legit, and they, you know, give people that are legit a bad name, and it's sad. Um, but it's... It happened, and that was one of our topics last week on the show, and it was it was really good. Yeah,
was a hard-drinking sinner With blood on my hands I was a hard-drinking sinner A gun in my hands Drinking 40 pounds for dinner Till I met a big man And the man said How do we do? How do we do? Everybody doing good. Hey, another day in paradise. So, uh, I was uh, like, man, I want to do something for Memorial Day, but I'm like, you know, I kind of want to just show like super excited after hearing, you know, the the taps. I'm like, we'll do two songs this time. So, apologize to uh, everyone's like, what the hell? Why are there two songs playing? This is why. 
Um, but hope everyone had a good a good weekend. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. You can never do too much for Memorial Day, I think. No, you really can't. Mm. So we're going to go through everybody's weekend. And uh, yeah, uh, Adrian and CR have got some paranormal experiences from uh, up in Minnesota they want to uh, share with us, which I'm excited about hearing. Um, but first of all, you know, I would be remiss. Do not mention that today is National Hug Your Cat Day. Oh, yes. all right. Yes, and uh, those cats I know don't like to be hugged. Or <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, good luck with that. Uh, so you know, some 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 cats just aren't huggers, I guess. Um, but the real holiday, which I I don't even know why I have to mention it. You guys, because everyone knows what day it is, and I, I definitely appreciate um, the fact that you were able to come on, you know, take time out of your busy day to join us on uh, National Hole in My Bucket Day. Um, <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, I know. I I don't know. I should I should have just taken the day off, honestly, and just been like, all right, I got to show respect to the buckets and just not have a show today. But, you know, I, I, I completely lost track, and, you know, it just it sneaks up on you every year. Every year it just sneaks up on us. It's like, oh, my God, is it really National Hold My Bucket Day already? It's like, I thought it was next Tuesday, honestly. <laughs> I know, right? It is so, it's so like, oh, man, every year I'm like, this year I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to get my buckets. I'm going to put holes in them. I'm going to be ready for it. But, you know, I only have, like, one bucket this year. And, uh <laughs> Now your buckets are so disappointed. It is. It is. RJ woke up this morning looking for his bucket outside of his his door. Father, where's my bucket? (laughs) (laughs) This is worse than coal on Christmas. No bucket. I like that he has a British accent. Woodland's not that bad. 
but um, it, it takes a long time if it's only a few people. So when we got there, I uh, went and picked up my friend Michael, and uh, we got to the actual cemetery. There were there were uh, you know, a good amount of people there, and then people just started showing up. Like, we didn't even know. There's people coming out. I guess they saw our posts on Facebook decided to come help us. So it was it was nice having all those people there. Um, unfortunately, they, they did not follow us to, um, which is the bigger of the cemeteries. Um, so you know we start up at Woodland. That took us like maybe an hour to get done. Then we then we moved on to Evergreen Cemetery. Now Evergreen Cemetery, um, they had, for a while we had they had, they did have a lot of volunteers coming out to um, clean up the cemetery, but it was taken over by um, the Enrichment Foundation. And they pretty much just took it over to get the money from the county, but, but never actually did anything to clean it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, if you watch my video, you can see me walking through this, like, milkweed, like, almost as tall as I am, trying to find graves. That's pretty much how it was. Um, throughout the whole um, cemetery. Now it wasn't like like super tall, like that all the way through, but you could tell that it had not been it had not been taken care of for a while. So it, it took us a little while longer to um excuse me to uh, to finish that. Um, and there was just, there was just some some places that you just couldn't get into, you know. So I would I would place books and you you didn't know if there was a grave in there or not and you'd have to like just go back and forth like it would just take all take pretty much into the night to try to find the uh, the graves and it's like well we don't know if there are even any military graves in here so I just set a flag on the outside of where you know mm-hmm. the patch of stuff was and I'm like you know this is in honor of you um, we'll. Uh, We'll come back. I mean, it's easier to find the, the graves in in November, anyways, because of the uh, because of the the fact that it's not as you know alive, yeah. I guess. So right. it was a fun experience, you know, and I was and I always enjoy going out there and and uh, doing that. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, get as many people to come out in, on Veterans Day. Um, I think um, you know Veterans Day doesn't get as much uh, popularity, maybe is the right word, because of it's not, it's not, you don't get a day off for veterans, I don't, I don't think. Um, and plus Memorial Day weekend, everyone's, you know, everyone knows that weekend. Um, so, but we'd love to have you guys, anybody who's not busy on November 11th to come out and join us. Um, so that's what I did. Then I went to the, then ended up going out to the cabin and we had a little bit of bonfire, it was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very peaceful. Didn't didn't investigate because uh, there's a lot of walking. It was just like I, I don't think I could sit in the dark. So, but we do have. I know somebody who did investigate this weekend, and uh, I'm gonna hit, let him tell us all about his trip to uh, what Wildwood, Spring, Spring, Wildwood. That's up in yeah. New York. Before you move on, Brian, mm-hmm. I have to tell you that I looked at one of those pictures of the gravestones, and I was like, okay, maybe Roundup or even Agent Orange 
isn't that bad. No, yeah. <laughs> I know both are, but you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah, because it, 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 it's, um, it's tough because these people who go out there, they, they spend, like, hours of their own time uh, clearing these weeds away. And if you don't have time, mm-hmm. you know, nature takes over. They really do, yeah. It does. And uh, there was it's there's a there's a statue that that's out there. It's like a look at my pictures of an angel, and she's surrounded by this, these weeds and ivy and stuff. And it's like, did someone at some point commission somebody to carve a statue, or maybe they just bought a statue? I don't, I don't know, but right. I'm assuming the statue costs costs a good amount of money. And then they, they put it out there as a monument to their loved one. And they were like, oh, you know, this, this will it will stand a test of time. But eventually, since it wasn't – the cemetery um, did, not have, did not have perpetual care as far as, like, yeah, right. the state won't take care of it. you got to take care right. of yourself. So eventually, you know, the, the area turned, turned bad. Um, you know, I don't know how it was, like, 70s and 60s, a lot of, like, bad stuff going on. It's not the best neighborhood in the world. That's the best part of town, and uh, stop going out there to take care of the the cemetery, you know. And that's what happens. You just you, know, you lose track, and then people move away, and you know, what yeah. what was once like this great like monument to somebody is just kind of left in the woods to be taken over by Mother Nature until you know people volunteers come along. And you know, what we do is very small, like twice a year we're out there and, and play flags, but these people are out there like all the time, mm-hmm. so. Right. Hopefully we'll be able to get some people back out there. I'll be able to get some people back out there to clean up um, the cemetery. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like I said, it was a fun experience. Um, but definitely want to hear what Austin has to say. I want to spoil anything because I'm sure he's be you could be on his you know forgotten explorations uh, theories. But you can get us a little tease if you will get people excited to watch. So. This is actually the first video that we filmed for our Halloween special this year. I know it's like May, but right. it'll be <laughs> important. No, really. yeah, it'll be okay. it'll be yeah. like what, six months away or less than that. Yeah. Five months away now. Yeah, we have, less than a yeah, half a year. Five, five months. Yeah. So. Um. So this was the first video that we filmed for this year's Halloween special. Um, we're doing five videos in five days. Uh, they're going to be about an hour and a half each. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got Sweet Springs. Fairfield Infirmary, um, Madison Seminary, uh, the Ferry Plantation House in Virginia Beach, and then you also have, we're honored to be one of the first people ever to film inside the Exchange Civil War Museum. Um, so that that's our lineup this year. Uh, this past weekend was our first thing that we filmed. Um, we launched our new design and everything like that officially. Uh, but yeah, Sweet Springs was big, <laughs> like size-wise, it was huge. Uh, we had a total of 10 people with us, um, Full Moon Paranormal, uh, Kevin and Rachel Bradley, uh, and then myself, AG, and Wheeler, we all went. <laughs> we barely scratched the surface. Like, we, we had it for, I want to say it was 11 hours. And it was, we, we spent most of the night in two different hallways because 
we just had so much activity happening. Like, it sounded like people were still living their everyday lives, like working there and stuff like that, but there was nobody in the building besides us. That's amazing. I'm excited for the video to be released. Now, did you just get that feeling, or did you actually get audio of them going about their day? We we got audio. We had uh, females and males talking to one another in the hallway when nobody else was in there. Um, yeah, Jacob Wheeler, uh, one of one of the members of my team, uh, we we thought somebody else was in the building with us because of how loud it was. We're sitting here walking down this hallway. He's holding a broomstick in his hand, getting ready to swing on somebody. <laughs> I have this I have this little body cam, and I'm like filming everything that's happening. And my God, it was I've never had that happen at a, at an investigation ever. I've had the cops called. I had the camera oh, yeah, but yeah. You know, <laughs> never never had to defend myself. I guess just something that wasn't actually there. So. That's crazy. That's um, I can't wait to see what um, or yeah, check out the video when it comes out, man. That's got to be, you know, creepy when you hear disembodied voices like that, you know, and you don't know. I mean, you're like, well, I don't think there's anybody here, but you know, it, if yeah. they're hiding, and I guess they weren't very good at it. But like I said, this place is huge, and the only thing that really like made us truly think somebody was there as we passed the room and there were all these empty water bottles and like beer bottles and stuff like that just all throughout the room but it's it's hard to say because this place was left abandoned for so long and people could come in and out as they please and now they're trying to like reestablish like there's a whole wing in that building that really can't go into because of mold and asbestos and stuff like that so so I can ask, is it a secure building? I mean, is it, it, would it be possible for someone to come in and, you know, then do that? I mean, there, were, there was one door that was, like, actually open, but there was so much, like, vines and stuff around it, you wouldn't think well, somebody would do it. But if they tried hard enough, they could. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that, yeah. you know, if uh, if someone wanted to go in there, they, you know, they, they, they had – they could if they really – wanted oh, to get yeah. in, you know. But you, you guys would have noticed them trying to get into the place anyways. You would have heard them, you know. I, yeah, I don't know because of how big the building was. There's, like, I want to say there were nine different entry points that you could get into. And we had ten people in the building. Um, there was one point we had a really loud, like, bang at the very beginning of the night, like, right above us. And... Alec and I, we actually walked upstairs and we were like trying to figure out what was going on and I couldn't figure anything out. Mm. Wow. There was, there was a dead bird, I will say that, which freaked me out a lot. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why you're here, but you should not be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just bird's like, well, I'm dead, so, you know. <laughs> you're right about that, I yeah. shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anything else you want to add, Austin? I want to I want to spoil too much because so, you know people I gotta you know it's a good. Oh, all right, I'll I'll tell you one thing. There, right. there was a point where Wheeler and I were down in the basement alone. And I heard somebody you know walking behind us, and I happened to turn around. And when I turned around, it said Dana through our Oculus device. 
well, I was like, Dana, like, what is that? And then it says danger. And I was like, okay, this is starting to get a little, not my style. Um, and then it says, don't go there. And Wheeler and I, like, looked at each other. We locked eyes, and it was like, you know that I'm about to run. <laughs> and as Wheeler was about to say something, it said, I said no. And it, like, cut him off through an ovulus device, not a spirit box or mm-hmm. anything like that, like an actual word dictionary. And we both started running. And as we're running, our walkie-talkies, like, started going straight static, like haywire. And wow. I I think that's the thing that scared me the most was the walkie-talkie freaking out because it reminded me of the Blair Witch Project. Wow. I'm wondering yeah. what, what exactly you were heading towards that they didn't want you to see. Yeah. No, I kind of like that. I don't you, know. You leave that a mystery. Um, that's, for, that's for part two of the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's concerning about that, Austin, is that I read a lot on Ed and Lorraine Warren and apparently when they, uh, before they had like a real demonic problem or presence or infestation or possession, there was an official warning that would be given that was like danger or this was like, it was weird because I like had never read anything about that, but I was reading a couple of their books recently, one about their Connecticut um, adventures and they were given like really clear people were given warnings and I was like, hmm, I didn't know that. Mm. Wow. I'm glad that I didn't continue. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So Rhonda. Yeah. You were in Fredericksburg. I was in Fredericksburg all day Saturday. I, my whole weekend in total ended up kind of a bust, but I think it needed to be. Um, I've worked like the last six weekends, so it was kind of like, I think the universe was like, you need a break. Right. Uh, Saturday, my friend Candy Schultz has a metaphysical store in Fredericksburg called um, Peaceful Easy Easy Healing, Um, and she actually went to a different location in Fredericksburg called Whole Greens, which is like a CBD-type store. It's got a big, it was really cool, it had a really pretty large conference area where she could teach a class. So she taught a class on um, like beginning essential oils. So she asked the person hands on. Um, so me and my friend Kim went down to help her. Actually, we ended up dividing and concentrating. I actually didn't end up going to the class, but I ended up hanging out at her shop and helping out there while she was teaching the class. So I got you. Hung out there most of the day. We end up, you know, every time we go there, we like go with this intention. We're gonna go and do what we need to do, and her shop is so cool, we end up mm-hmm. spending all day. So then we left and got some food, and by the time I got back, it was it was pretty about 6 o'clock. I was actually going to come out to the cabin with y'all. I let the dogs out, let them run wild for about an hour, did a few things, and made the mistake of sitting down. Oh, that's, I get and you, yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going anywhere now. Plus, we were supposed to get up early um, Sunday, and we were going to go to the powwow in King William. Um, for the Apple Madam Panay Powell that they do every Memorial Day weekend. Um, they do it on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but it was pouring down rain, and so we opted to opt out of going to the powwow this year. So the rest of my weekend was just kind of spent um, around the house uh, doing a few things that I needed to catch up on and uh, 
binging some Netflix on Sunday and Monday. The weather around here has just been crap for the last. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been <laughs> yeah. gray and rainy. Um, yeah, so no yeah. investigations or anything. We don't have any investigations lined up um, now until I think July we pick back up. Sounds like you really needed the rest, though. I, I did, I did. It was nice to to not work for a week. It's good to recharge, and I thought. Yeah. I thought after I was done, after I sat, after I sat down, after, you know, I sit in my car after we finished at the uh, cemetery, and I'm like, man, I really regret telling people to come out to the cabin because I was, I was so tired. But after I went home, took a shower, I felt, I felt recharged, and you know, and I'm going out, and it was fun. It was a, like I said, just fun to sit around the fire and uh, talking, you know. Just relax. Yeah, it was a good night for it, too, because when I was out with the dogs, it's like it was starting to get that little bit of coolness in the air mm-hmm. when you needed a sweatshirt, but you were cold. Like, this is like the perfect night for it. But um, Yeah, because once yeah. it gets hot here, it gets hot and humid and gross oh, and yeah. um, <laughs> not very good fire weather. Um, I never said the <laughs> fascination of hanging out by a fire when it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> you know, like, why don't we do yeah, it's right. oh my God. Unless I have to survive, I'd, I'd rather not do that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Adrian and CR, the stars of On My Mind with CR podcast coming on every Friday night at 8 p.m. <laughs> Central Time. You guys got some stories to tell us, and then after that, if, you, if we have time, we'll do some fun. We know they're fun, paranormal. Would you rather's? So, you know, tell us, tell us what you, uh, tell us your, your experiences. I'm excited. Sure. Uh, Go ahead. Do you want to go first, CR? No, you go ahead. Okay. So a little bit of backdrop on my story is that um, I worked with, I had that prestige and honor of working with Native Americans, American Indians across the country for about, at least a decade, we went out to these, either they were regulated or run by Indian Health Services, which is a branch of our federal government, or they were run and directed by tribal agencies, such as the Chickasaw, Cherokee uh, tribes. And during that time period, I had a co-worker, magnificent man, his name is Bernie, and he's 100% Navajo. So anytime I was, we were like traveling throughout like northern Navajo, Shiprock, New Mexico, or Gallup Indian Medical Center in Gallup, I would be like, Bernie, tell me, tell me, please, tell me about Navajo. Tell me about your history. Because he was very traditionally Navajo. And I learned so much in my disclaimer is like, I'm not an expert on Navajo culture or any of this, but I just learned a little bit here and there throughout the years. The, um, the reason why I'm talking though is because a curse was put on me. And you might think, well, how is a curse put on a, a Midwestern Minnesota woman who is a Christian, well, it, it has a little backdrop to it. And so um, I was, I, when I was learning about Navajo culture, one of the things I asked Bernie was like, is that a good, like, 
realistic fiction because I'm a fan of reading. I love the realistic fiction, like where you take true facts, but you create a story from it. He said, actually, Adrian, there is. And he said, there is this author who was writing during the 70s and so on. His name was Tony Hillerman. And, like, even the University of New Mexico has a, New Mexico, sorry, New Mexico has a website on Hillerman. And um, he was adopted by the Navajo tribe. So what Bernie said was that he was respectful. He was adopted by the tribe. And they took him under his wing. So his writings in realistic fiction honored the Navajo. And so I was like, great. So I started reading the Hillerman books. And I got a real idea about some of the traditional Navajo culture. And it's so immensely beautiful from their from their rituals of blessing, from their rituals of um, adulthood for both the women and the men. Um, and so um, I was reading a lot of the Hillerman books, and in that process, I was also introduced to a real darkness or paranormal side of the Navajo, which is like, um, you know, probably the most popular concept that people think about now is like the Skinwalker Ranch. And so if you if you watch the Skinwalker Ranch um, series that talks about um, how this curse was, there was a war between the Ute and the Navajo. And um, what had happened is that the Navajo put a curse on the Ute tribe because the Ute tribes were conspiring with uh, the American government, basically. And so the Navajo had put this curse on them. And it, um, what a skinwalker is, is a skinwalker is a witch who can take upon human, I mean, obviously they start with human characteristics, but they take upon an animal form. So whether that's um, a wolf, like a werewolf or another type of form that they can take on. And not only can they take on these forms, but they can they can cause illness and disease and curses. And so in the Navajo traditions, there there is a lot of um, interesting things, you know, um, when I was working at the Navajo, uh, with the Navajo people, I was really careful, like I'd be like Bernie, um, who is my Navajo friend, is it okay to put up this slide, um, which has a wolf on it, which is like my, my cousin's an artist, and she does this beautiful Native American art. He's like, yeah, but don't ever put up the coyote, and I'm like, okay, um, tell me why coyote and Native American history is a trick is like he's involved in some of the actual creation stories of the Navajo in terms of like lunar months and creating calendar, but he's also actually this terrible trickster that can take on bad forms. And a Navajo, he said, Bernie said, if I am going home, for example, he has a ranch in Arizona and he drives across reservation land for hundreds of miles to get home. And he said, 
if I'm driving home and there's a coyote in my path, I'm stopping the vehicle, I'm turning around. I don't care if it takes me another half a day, several hundred miles, I'm not going home that route. Because that coyote can also um, cause illnesses. Um, and so I found this very intricate, detailed pattern of animals and humans and curses. It fascinated me. Um, I, I, Tony Hillerman, if you read his books, you know, his main character is Joe Weeporn, who is like this Navajo cop who solves these murder mysteries on the reservation. And it's realistic fiction. So really, it gets into like the skinwalker and it gets into the different entities and the myths of the Navajo. And Bernie was very traditionally Navajo. And so, you know, there was a time period in 2015 where a lot of my, you know, a lot of the consultants on the team that I was on, we were medical consultants. So that's why we're going out to these Navajo hospitals to work with the physicians and their staff members and the revenue cycle and the medical coders. And I did audits and that type of thing. Um, but when we were out at a Cherokee site, so in 2015, let me back up, a lot of us on the team were getting, I don't remember being ill, but I remember it being a time where, like, we had extra work because team members were out ill for a significant time period. Well, we had met, we were on a project in Oklahoma for another tribe, and Bernie, we all went out to dinner, and during the evening, you know, after dinner with a little bit of wine, you know, Bernie looked over at us and he said, I can, you can tell he's a little hesitant, but he goes, I want to tell you why we've been sick. And so, you know, there was this like this deathly silence. And he said, there was a curse put on us, on our team, while we were working in the Cherokee area. And he didn't tell me if it was like Cherokee curse, a Navajo curse or whatever, but he said that has caused our illnesses. But I want you to know I had the medicine man out, which is a very sacred ritual. And he did a ceremony. And I know that Bernie pays, you know, he is just got a great heart and I know that he paid for the ceremony and he said I had him he didn't work use the word reduce but it was like I had him pray over each of you because each of us have been cursed and you know I'm I'm pretty um turned up to being respectful right because you're like man is amazing and everyone on my team that I was aware of at the table except for Bernie was doctrinated in the Christian theology in terms of the Bible and everyone around my table said thank you Bernie thank you Bernie thank you so much that was so kind and it kind of was like my turn to say something and I said you know Bernie that was really kind but I want you to know you don't have to say any type of prayers for me because I'm a 
Christian, and when Christ died on the cross, he broke all curses for me, and the bloodline of Jesus Christ runs across my path and my life. And you don't have to say any curse for me. There are no curses that can harm me. And I could just see, like, the shock on everybody's face, like, whoa. Adrian, that's not, like, really politically correct, right? It was, like, really awkward. Nothing was said, like, the rest of the time period. It was, like, it was awkward, you know. And so in my heart, I was just, like, I hope that was respectful of him. And at the same time, letting him know that didn't need any prayers to break a curse. And then, um, so what happened was, the next time I saw Bernie, and this was in October, like late October beginning, it would have been November of 2015. We were all at an airport and we were meeting up. There would be these time periods like we'd all see each other on the first part of our journey. And it was one of those time periods. And, you know, I'm like, I don't expect a great welcoming from my team. It was like, hi, Adrian, you know. But Bernie saw me and he was like, Adrian, Adrian, <laughs> everybody's like, yeah. and he goes, I can't wait to tell you. He's like, um, since we talked last, there was um, two boys, and they got lost in the forest by my house. And he lives in Arizona on the reservation, but they have this big plateau. And he said there were um, there was a significant amount of police force brought in, native and otherwise, including helicopters, because these two boys, and get this, they're only like three and four. They got lost during the night, brothers, um, and it it was down where like it was below freezing. So everybody was really panicking because they couldn't find these boys. Um, They had been out to um, collect wood and they didn't return. And Bernie said you could hear the, you could see and hear the helicopters going over the plateau. The light was on. It was really loud. And he said, well, what I want to tell you, Adrian, is they found them the next morning. When they found them, the boy said that Jesus appeared to them. And Jesus told them to wait there, that in the morning, family was going to find them there and they said he appeared to them he it was a complete manifestation of uh, Christ who came to them sat with them reassured them the boys fell asleep in this area and in the morning their aunt found them and he said Adrian they have no Christian background zero and he said they were running they told the parents they were running from UFOs which they said was a helicopter so when the helicopter and the light came over guess what they did they ran and hid and zombies so they thought the people out there looking for them were zombies so they have a very indoctrination into some of the traditional beliefs of skinwalkers and stuff like that. There's no reason for them to go towards the light or go towards these people that were trying to find them. But they did have a vision of Jesus who met them there in the woods, reassured 
deeds in the morning several hours later their family member found them. And this is, if you look, if you're on Facebook, if anybody's on Facebook and you go to the Navajo Times, you can find the article of these two little boys, three and four, being rescued from being lost in the woods. What I find is interesting is there's no mention whatsoever of the Jesus experience, but there is about the boys and their names, and their pictures are just adorable. They're like, can you imagine three and four? And I said, Bernie, can with us? And he's like, yes. The rest of my team was like dumbfounded, you know, but it was, it was really cool because to me it was like a confirmation of my faith. And Bernie was always very respectful of that. Like he didn't necessarily believe in it. Like I didn't believe in all of his faith, but we were really respectful of each other. And I thought it was so beautiful. So I did have a Navajo curse put on me, but it I never believed it was effective. I don't remember being real sick. And um, I think that was a real testimony to those little boys being left by his house and Jesus coming to them. Wow. That is a um, pretty amazing story um, that you that, – that was wow. Um, but it just goes to show, like, when you go to a place um, to investigate and you know there's dark energy in the place, you pray to whatever deity or uh, whatever you need to do to pr- to protect yourself. As long as you believe in it, it'll work. Doesn't matter if if you're, if you're Navajo plant praying to the Great Spirit or you're Christian praying praying to God. You know, it's if you believe in it, it will protect you. Um, so, wow, that is a uh, that's that's an awesome story. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. Uh, you guys, Austin, Rhonda, you have any questions? No, honestly, the, the thing that baffles me the most is, like you said, that your background, your Christianity background, so they wouldn't even really know who Jesus was or anything like that. And for them to just say that Jesus told them to stay where they were as a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no real questions. That's an amazing story. I'm fascinated with Native American culture myself, so. Um, There's so much beauty in it. There really is. Um, there is. I read a lot of books as well, and when I read one read not over the summer, and it was just, just the way they even take care of their elders. It, it, it's beautiful. They are. What you got yes, for sir. Well, so um, we're going to talk about uh, possessed pennies here for a little bit. That kind of that kind of dabbles in Santeria a little bit. Um, when I was in, uh, it was probably high school already. Um, I was in choir, and one of my friends uh, had a good friend. Well, turns out, you know, we go through high school, and I really didn't didn't really hang out with him much during high school, but we, we became deeper friends after we graduated. And uh, he lived in the same town that I lived in. And um, I would go and, and often spend the night with, you know, at his place. 
And um, I just noticed that it was different because I, I was brought up Christian. I was brought up Lutheran. And he had a lot of um, dragons and daggers and swords. And uh, you would see the uh, pentagram of his house. Um, so I, I really couldn't tell if he was uh, satanic or Wiccan or believed in St. Maria. I think it was a mixture of all of those. But that really didn't come out until, oh, we were probably two, three years out of high school. And um, he had picked me up and we were going somewhere and we were in his truck. And I noticed every time I, when I got in, I noticed that he had a little, uh, a little toolbox in the back. Um, and whenever we took a corner, that thing would slide up against the wall and you would hear stuff bouncing around in it. And uh, as it bounced into the wall, I looked back and I said, padlock on it. I'm like, okay, well, in my mind, you know, my dad, when I grew up, my dad was in the construction trade, and I'm like, the only time that you need a padlock on your toolbox is when you're at a job site. And you're, you know, what good is it to have a padlock on your toolbox when it's in your own truck? So I just out of curiosity, I was like, hey, John, um, so why the padlock on, on, on your toolbox? And he goes, oh, those, um, those are some of my possessed pennies don't get out. And I kid you not, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm not like, there was a little part of me was like, hey, when we get where we're going, I want to see inside there. But the other part was like, no, don't even ask it. Um, you know, and it kind of kind of relates to, say, about a Dybbuk box, because once stuff's put inside of it, don't open it, because uh, you'll let it out. Um, and it was one of those where it really didn't bug me at the time because he was kind of a jokester and I kind of played it off. I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, and I think the next, it leads into the next story where I think it was like a week or two later, um, he came over to the house here. Um, the house I'm in right now is the house that I grew up in. And he came over to the house and we were going to hang out and maybe play some video games or something. So. I go walk up to the front door, and as soon as we go to the front door, I go to open it. He's like, dude, uh, do you have another door that we can get into the house with? I was like, uh, well, yeah, we can go through the garage. It didn't even dawn on me why. So I put the garage door code in. It opens up. We go to the service door. Ben and I'm, I'm in the foyer waiting for him to come through the door, stick my head out. And he's standing right on the other side of the door, standing there, looking up at the top of the door. And he goes, by any chance, is your house uh, is your house blessed? And are there crosses on the top of those two entrance points? I said, yep. He goes, I cannot come into your house whatsoever. Um, and mom was right behind him when this happened. And, and what what do you remember of that, Adrian? You know, um, Sierra, I don't remember a lot because, you know, I considered chemo, enough chemo to go a small elephant in the last couple of years, fortunately in remission. But um, people know is that the reason why we had our house blessed was that 
we were actually, our marriage was in crisis, and, and I wanted a divorce. And when your dad, your dad went down to this church in area was on a Lutheran, and they were like, um, you know, I had done some pretty bad things, and they were like, no, dude, like, you need to change first. You need to put your marriage first. You need to show her first. And so they they did the whole thing with your dad was like, um, you're going to change. And through his change, I changed. And through that whole change, we, not, we had our marriage re- renewed, you know, blessed in oil. We had our home blessed. We had everything kind of just cleared out and mm-hmm. said, you know, we are going to, put Christ as the center in our life. And so we had this ceremony where this couple came in and through, we had like maybe the holy water, like we went into each room. And yeah, I remember that. Each and every room in our house. Prayers were said and blessings were done. And so I don't know how he knew that. I really don't because there wasn't like any visible sign right. that this house has been blessed. And it was something that I don't, I never told any friends that, hey, my house was blessed, you know. And that that was just weird in that. So he, if he came over, he never came into the house. He'd always go to the driveway and go, okay, well, see you later. When you, um, one time he was sitting in the backyard. I'm like, what is your friend doing in the backyard? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, backyard. Yeah, that was that was my story, and it, you know, we ended up leaving the friendship because he did a couple of other things that were uncouth. But mm. yeah, like he took you. I'm sorry, like conditions to this, but he took you downtown <laughs> Minneapolis to a drug dealer's house, got you stoned, and left you with the drug dealer. Well, he took off. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, who does that? Yeah, that was, that, that, was, was, that was the, the nail in the coffin on that one. Wow. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a turn. I'm just right <laughs> now. Strange things happen. Yeah. Holy Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was one of those things where you're a teenager and you're like, hey, you know, you want to blaze up? You're like, yeah. He's like, oh, I got it at home. Oh, well, yeah. who knows, too, you know, because it could be helpless or, like, hapless in Dungeons and Dragons. So you don't want to put too yeah. much into somebody. But I was like, what are possessed pennies? And then... Yeah, that's the first. found out there can be infestation. Yeah. And that is... I don't know if any of you know about that, but... The Zest Pennies is, is a part of Santeria. What? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, only thing about Santeria is that song by Sublime. Uh, <laughs> I ain't got no crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I need, they need to do more research on uh Yeah, on that's sure. what I was thinking. I mean, I've seen it in movies, but I don't know a lot about Santeria. Mm. I'm kind of scared to look up to the pennies. Well, in like, like I said, he wasn't any one dis- discipline, you know. He just, it was a mix of everything, a mix of Satanism, a mix of Wiccan, a mix of Santeria. Yeah. And it was just, 
I know he's lost soul, and I know he's still lost today, but it was one of those where as soon as I realized what was going on, you know, I I had to get out of there just to, to save myself. It sounds like he was looking for something, like looking for guidance, looking for looking for just so, just anything. Right. He dabbled in all these different different uh, religions, and and um, you know, you do too much of it, it'll it'll affect you. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially not under the guidance. If you're just researching it yourself and trying to figure it all out, and you don't have mentors and that kind of thing, next thing you know, you're in a mm-hmm. bad loop and causing some of your own problems. Yeah. You're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not knowing what you're opening up or what you're right. opening. Can't enter somebody's house because yeah. of, you know, they have crosses on their doors. Probably a good time for you to be like, all right, I need to rethink my, uh, rethink well, and, my and point of view. That's at the point where my parents let them know that, hey, you're no longer welcome here. Well, yeah. well no way. What happened was that I just, I gave him a hard, usually it was people like, a, like I don't really like talk to them about my faith unless they want to know like my story or something. But to him, I was like, Don, like you got to turn from those ways because like hell is hot and it lasts forever. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. the first hard time I talked to anybody hard, I was worried about him. But we, we actually didn't have crosses in front of our door, like on our doors. But what we had was the couple that left the house took nails that were resembled the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. You could barely see them because they were like right above the doorway where they pounded them in, like in the garage. And it was just a single solitary nail. Mm-hmm. didn't look like a cross or anything like that. But the way he said it was like we had crosses on our doors. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> because of the blessing. Yep. Yeah. I guess that's right. Goes so back to blessing right. or curses, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, so that was my story. So Wow. Not as cool not as cool as shapeshifters and windigos, but <laughs> I mean I, I think they're they're pretty equally equally cool. Um learning about like possessed pennies and then, you know, hearing about yeah, Navajo curses and stuff. <laughs> Wow. Like Chris, our CR, would be great. You should ask Father Lampert because we're going to have him on on June 29th, and he's an exorcist. And I think you should ask him about possessed pennies. Oh, definitely. And the funny thing is, is, so if you guys have been following us, I think it was like our third broadcast, I was able to get uh, Darkness Day of Schrader on, and we talked to him. Uh, just about his background and how he got into it. And um, I think it was that weekend, like the next day I came over and mom's like, well, she goes, I saw how you went out of your way and you got a big shooter. She goes, but um, I outdid you and I have an exorcist. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. (laughs) It's been kind of fun to do the radio show together. But it's not always easy to get guests. No, and like this past weekend was hard. Uh, we were going to have a friend of mine, a fellow reenactor, come on uh, Friday at 7. And about, oh, 6, 6.30, you know, I came to refresh my computer. 